0: Well, hello, friends. Welcome to the Capital City Christian Church podcast. My name is Chris and I'm going to be your host today. If this is your first time listening, I would love to chat with you. So send me an email at hello at capitalcitychristian.org. We've spent the last month in this series called Life, A Hero's Story, which is about how our lives, our story, is the story of a hero. Last month, we found out that we aren't the hero in the story. We're actually the ones in need of rescue. We saw that Jesus was the hero sent to save us, and that rescue went through the cross. Today, we're looking at part two of the hero's story. It's about the rescued life. We've already been rescued, now what? And today, we've also got a special guest speaker and our growth minister, James Driver. So let's go ahead and get started. Good morning. Now, as a reminder, in the back of this room is a prayer room where an elder is praying specifically for us to be drawn closer to God. At any time, if you desire prayer, an elder is prepared to pray with you in that room. And so feel free to go back there at any time. But let's begin to pray ourselves. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for the love that you give us. Father, now in just these next few minutes, we pray that your Holy Spirit would stir our hearts stir our minds to fully comprehend who you are and who we are in our relationship with one another. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as Doc mentioned, we just completed a four-part mini-series on receiving a rescue from our sin by our hero, Jesus. We could not save ourselves. We needed rescuing from the state we all found ourselves in none of us could be our own hero we needed rescuing and Jesus provided the rescue by his sacrifice on the cross and the power of God's raising him from the dead Jesus defeated sin death and the devil but we must accept that rescue We must accept that grace that has been provided by Jesus. But how do we do that? What is involved in accepting that rescue? Some people approached Jesus and asked this question. What shall we do so that we may work the works of God? Now, these people had seen Jesus perform signs and wonders, and they may have been wondering if they could do that. Could they have signs in their life? So what could they do to please God so that they might too have the signs that Jesus had? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. Now wait, what was Jesus saying? Don't I have to do something to please God? Isn't there a way to earn his favor? Paul tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, rescued. For with a heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So what does it mean when we are saved and rescued? What happens? Paul said something he said if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold all things become new what becomes new I still have the same old body the same job the same home the same bank account and I still struggle with the same old things what is new when we accept Jesus's rescue what changes I mean that's the million dollar question right What actually changes when we accept his rescue? Now, before I answer that, let me tell you about a survey. About a year ago, a friend of mine, who is a minister of a church here in Kentucky, posted on their church's website this question How do you mainly identify with God? As a servant of God? A friend of God? or a child of God. We've been singing songs this morning that mention each of these. Now, before I tell you how his church answered this, let's take a moment. What would you pick? Servant, friend, or child? Did God rescue you to be a servant? Did God rescue you to be his friend? Or did he rescue you to be his child? Now the responses of my friend's congregation surprised him and surprised me. Less than half the responses chose child of God. Now these were people in his church and over half chose either servant or friend rather than child. It made him wonder and it makes me wonder, do we fully understand our relationship with God, our Father? Do we fully understand that we have been born of the Spirit to be his children. Now, I want to take you to some scripture to see how important this idea is that we are his children. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Therefore, you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name when you accept Jesus and his rescuing grace you become a child of God now some people might ask well what's the problem with identifying yourself as a servant we are to have a servant heart but not a servant relationship we will serve one another in love as family however God did not rescue us through Jesus so that we would become his servants he wanted us to have a close relationship Relationship as his children. Servants don't understand the master's will. A servant has to be told what to do. And then a servant relates to God on the basis of what he does. And if he does good, or at least he thinks he does good, then God must love him. I say how sad, how utterly tragic to be enslaved to such a lie. A son is nothing like that. Paul tells us a son has the mind of Christ. The son is clothed with his righteousness and relates to God on the basis of the father's love first shown to him. And I guess you all would know, servants suffer from performance anxiety. Am I pleasing God? Is he happy with me? Do I need to work harder? Do more? A servant may be tempted to think, Things are not going well, so maybe that's a sign God is not happy with me. Maybe I need to put in some spiritual overtime to get the boss happy again. See, being a child is so much better than being a servant. I have had employees, and for the most part, I like them all. I cared for them. I wanted the best for my employees. But you know what? I was hired to make sure that they performed. And if they did not perform, they probably were not getting a good evaluation. They were probably getting a course correction if their performance was bad enough. Now, when one of my kids messed up, I did not bring them in for a six-month evaluation. Son, this last six months, you've been a poor performer as sons go. If this continues, you may find yourself fired from the family. Unfortunately, some people think that is the way God works. But let me tell you, God is not waiting for you to screw up so he can toss you out of the family. His son died on the cross for you. Jesus bore all our sin so that sin would not separate us from the love of God anymore. He fiercely hangs on to you. Now, some people may ask, well, what's the problem with identifying yourself as a friend? It is true that Abraham was a friend of God, and we are told that we're friends when we do what Jesus says. That's a good thing, and that is something to treasure. But sonship is far better. Sons have full access that friends lack. Sons have expectation of intimacy that servants and friends do not enjoy. See, my kids are my kids 24-7. I have a passion for them that is clearly not the same as my friends, and I have some good friends and we have some good times. I appreciate them, but my kids and now my granddaughter have me as their dad and pop, children, are heirs they have full access to all the father has and how did Jesus our co-heir refer to God did Jesus say God was his master did he say he was his friend nope Jesus referred to God as his daddy and we are told through Jesus we are children of God he is our daddy now, you remember what Paul said? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, things become new. What is the new that Paul was talking about when we accept Jesus' rescue? What is the new when we become followers of Jesus? Our relationship with God becomes new new our status changes we are not on the outside looking in we are now inside the family we receive the grace of not only being forgiven but we receive the gift of being God's children he is your father we are heirs we are born anew born again and when you are born of God when you accepted Jesus we are given this image of joy in heaven. Jesus said, There is such joy in the presence of angels over one sinner repenting, over one person receiving the rescue. It may be that in our day and time, we do not understand the power of new birth. You know, until recent times, a child was brought into the world amidst family and in the family home. You know, families live together, including a bunch of relatives right? How fun is that? You only thought that happened at Christmas? Sometimes it happens all the time for people a few years ago. Everyone heard the sounds of birth and new life that started. They heard the mom's cries and then they heard the baby cry. The entire birthing experience was intimately felt among the family. Today, births happen in sterile rooms away from everyone. And sometimes, if a C-section occurs, even the mom does not see the birth that occurs behind a medical sheet. See, the powerful imagery of birth and rebirth is lost on us. I can tell you that I was fortunate to be in the room each time my kids were born. And each and every time, I was in awe. It was incredible, it was life-changing, life-altering event, and as I held each newborn, the miracle of it all left me speechless I know you find that hard to believe because I'm loud and loquacious but it left me in awe it was amazing and as it began to settle in what the new birth of my child meant I became exuberant thrilled I am a daddy And see, I immediately wanted to protect them, make sure that they were secure. I wanted to take care of every need that they would have. Not once did my thoughts go to, well, they're eventually going to mess up and I might have to kick them out of the family. Not once. That would be absurd. I wanted to give my kids every tool, every tool, teaching every hug every kiss and every resource I had to know that they were loved and that they were supported again what is new the new is we are God's children now maybe you're a little scared by the idea of God being your father maybe you had an absentee dad or one that was not attentive maybe it's hard for you to imagine what a loving father is like. Maybe you had a dad that was physically or verbally abusive. Just the thought of that not only breaks my heart, but I know that it breaks the heart of God. A broken relationship with a dad is an unfortunate reality for some, but this is not how God intended it to be. Some dads just missed a great opportunity and some just got off course but your heavenly Father is madly in love with you. I'm going to say that again. He is madly in love with you. When you accept that rescue, I imagine his big chest puffs out with pride. He so desperately wants a relationship with you, he allowed his own son to die So that we might have the opportunity to be his children. When we realize, fully realize, that when we accept that rescue in Jesus, we become God's children. Born in his power, his transformative power, that we have been moved from being outside a relationship with him to now being called his children. It changes everything. The old status of being outside becomes the new status of being his child. Now let me ask you, what would you give your kids so that they would succeed? So that they would be safe and so that they would be secure? What would you give? God provided us with His Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your Rescuer, God gives us and seals us with His Holy Spirit. This means His intention is is our relationship to be forever. God is not an absentee father. He is ever-present and always available through his Holy Spirit. See, we've been born. We've been sealed. And it doesn't stop there. He offers so much more. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit leads us the Holy Spirit will actually give us the words to speak when we can't find them. The Holy Spirit will give you peace, not as the world gives, but as only He can give. The Holy Spirit will remind us of the things Jesus said. The Holy Spirit will give us discernment to know between right and wrong. The Holy Spirit will increase our faith in our time of need. And we are even told when we can't find the words to pray, that the Holy Spirit will pray through and for us. When Paul said he died daily, he meant he was being transformed daily to be more like Jesus, to love more like Jesus. Now, not by his own strength, but by, re- by relying on God to grow us through his spirit, living inside his children. I mean, that's exciting. God lives inside of us to lead us to be his children. Can you tell that excites me? I'm trying not to shout. And if you think I'm excited, look at how excited John was when he said this. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. That we should be called children of God. And such we are. We need to settle this in our hearts. We are not his sons and daughters because we avoid unclean things. Now that's smart and that is prudent to avoid those things. But we are children of God because we have been adopted into his family. Several scriptures refer to adoption as becoming his kids. I mean, how cool is that? He actually chose you. He actually wants you and he chose you to be his child. I have a friend who adopted two children from Guatemala, one girl and one boy. Now, my friend, he is the pastiest white boy you've ever seen. His children have the most beautiful beautiful olive skin. Look at that. And you can tell they're highly intelligent because they're Atlanta Brave fans. They do not look like they belong to one another at first glance. But watching more carefully, you can see clearly his love for them and their love for him. It's obvious that he is their daddy. He does not hesitate to use any and all his resources to support him. He does not withhold his love but pours it out on them. He does not do this. He did not adopt them because they deserve it. He did not adopt them because they did something special while they were in Guatemala to get adopted. It was just pure grace that they have received and continue to receive each and every day. I have another friend who adopted a child from Asia. Now, I had the opportunity to be at the final uh, court appointment. When the judge finished the proceedings, he said, when I drop this gavel, it will be as if this child was born to you. God has given us an indescribable gift in adopting us as sons and daughters. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you become a child born of God, as if you had always been His. I'd like to conclude by reading from the message translation Romans 8, starting in verse 9. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms." It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With the spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. This resurrection life you have received from God is not a timid, grave, tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike What's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are, father and children. And we know that we're going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with Him, then we will certainly going to go through all the good times with him. Now, if you've not taken a step to let Jesus rescue you, now's the time. Place yourself into God's family by accepting Jesus and the work that he did on the cross and by the resurrection that occurred through God's power. He is your Lord and Savior. Remember, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you will be saved. For all of us who are currently Jesus followers, embrace your new life as a child of God. You are loved. You are cherished. You are fully supported by grace. You are filled with the Holy Spirit and given all the resources God has. Live the good life that God gives in Jesus. In just a few minutes, we're going to sing a song, and I'm going to be up here up front if you would like to pray about anything. We have elders in the prayer room. We have other ministers and elders around to pray with you for any reason, any concern, and especially if you would like to choose to be in God's family. Let's pray. Father, Father, let it sink deep into our hearts that you are our Father and we are your children. Lord, let it sink deep, deep inside how much our relationship has changed, that we are new, that we are part of your family. Father, it is in Jesus' name we pray.